Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. Amen. We are in a series in the life of Joseph, and I'd like for you to turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 37. If you're looking for Genesis, you should be able to find it. It's right after the uh, the concordance or the table of contents. It's right after the little uh, who this Bible was gifted to. It's right there at the very beginning. It's the first book in your Bible, Genesis 37. If you can't find Genesis, you might need to find a new church. It's the very first book. It's right there. Like the first 10 pages is going to be right there. Uh, and we'll be in the 37th chapter. The 37 will be the big number, and then we'll be in the fifth verse. That'll be the small number. Uh, 30, Genesis 37. Genesis chapter 37. We're Bible people. Amen? Amen. 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 Genesis 37, in the life of Joseph, verse 5. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Let's jump to verse 17. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him at a distance, and before, they reached, before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. So they hated him because of his dreams. Now he's approaching them where they're at in Dothan, and he's, they're plotting to kill him. And look what they do. They, they make sarcastic remarks about his dream. Verse 19, here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him, and then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Verse 23, so when Joseph came to his brothers, They stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe that he was wearing that was given to him by his father. And they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty and there was no water in it. Just a sidebar for just a moment. Maybe you came in here today and you're at an empty place in your life. Maybe you came here today and you're in a dark place in your life and you need refreshing of the Holy Spirit. I want to let you know that we serve a God who sent his son Jesus to be the living water and those who drink from him shall never thirst again. Maybe you're at the bottom of the barrel today. Maybe you're at the end of your rope today. I want to let you know that at the end of your rope there is a God who describes himself as the living water. Amen. Amen. Sidebar, not part of the sermon, but I felt it. So verse 28 says, so when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern. They changed their mind from killing him. Instead, they sold him for 20 shekels of silver, which was very cheap for labor in those days to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Let's pray. Father, I pray for anyone who has been hated or rejected. I pray for anyone who has been thrown into a pit. I pray for anyone who doesn't see purpose right now in their life and they don't know what to do next. I pray that through the powerful teaching of your word under the unction of the Holy Spirit and the authority that you've placed on my life through the scriptures, I pray that people who are currently battling rejection would experience a resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you're someone who has lived long enough, 
you've probably experienced rejection. Maybe even in grade school, you wrote a little note that said, do you like me? Circle, yes or no. And if you're like, like someone who didn't know what your chances were, you added a maybe. Are you one of those people that adds a maybe? <laughs> like, yes, no, maybe we could talk about it, you know? I, I don't know about you, but at the sound of my voice at all of our locations, I would, I would venture to guess that we've probably experienced rejection of some kind in our lives. You put a bid on that house that you thought was supposed to be your dream house, and the owner of that house decided to go with a different buyer. Rejection. You thought that you were going to get the promotion because you had worked hard and you got overlooked by somebody who you felt was less qualified and they got the promotion instead. Rejection. Maybe you wanted to start a business and you needed a, a, a business loan and the bank looked at your financials and said, rejection. It's, it's studies have shown that the average person deals with seven major rejections in their lifetime. That same article actually said that pastors deal with seven major rejections in a year. So pray for your boy. Just a big reject up here. It's important that we learn to handle rejection because it seems to be part of our life here on earth. We haven't been rejected by God, but those around us and in the life of Joseph, even those closest to him, those that were his own brothers, rejected him. So I'd like to teach you today on how to respond to rejection, how to respond to rejection. I think it's important that we learn this because through our life, we will experience rejection, but we can't respond to it the way that the world does. We have to respond to it the way that the Bible tells us to. So I'd like to give you a biblical response to rejection. Here's what I wrote in my notes. Rejection happens to the best of us, but it doesn't have to get the best of us. Yeah. It happens to everyone, but it doesn't have to get the best of everyone. You don't need to, to, to live in a, a perpetual state of rejection. Let's look at Genesis 39. Let's watch Joseph's response Okay, remember, he got sold into slavery. He got rejected by his brothers, rejected by his own fathers. They hate him. They, they were going to kill him, but they decided to sell him. Verse, uh, chapter 39, verse 1 says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, was the captain of the guard. So he was like the, one of his officials in the army. And, and, and he bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. And the Lord, look at verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph so that he, he prospered. <laughs> he sold into slavery, hated by his brothers, rejected by his father, yet the Lord was with him so he prospers. What does that prove to me? I don't need everyone in order to prosper. All I need is God to be close to me in order to prosper. Now, some of you are like, well, pastor, is that prosperity gospel? Well, I don't want the opposite. What's the opposite of prosperity? Poverty. Now, I'm not talking about prosperity, television preacher, blab it and grab it, name it and claim it. If you give me $10,000, I'll give you this sweat rag and you'll have a Corvette tomorrow sitting in your driveway. 
That's not the kind of prosperity gospel I'm talking about. The gospel I am talking about is not one of riches and wealth. It's one of closeness to God. As a matter of fact, it says that the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. Prosperity is actually directly connected to proximity. The closer I am to God, the more prosperous I am. The closer I am to God, the more blessed I am. The closer I walk with the Lord, the more favor is on my life. And some of you, you lack prosperity because you lack proximity. Even being sold into slavery, even being rejected by his family, the Lord stayed with him. I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that no matter what my brothers did, no matter what my dad does, no matter what my family does, no matter how little they think I'm worth, I can be prosperous because of proximity. It has nothing to do with houses or cars or Bugattis. It has everything to do with the closeness that you have with God. I, 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 I want to, to share with you four ways to respond to rejection. And the first one is connected to that verse that we just read. And we respond to rejection, if you're taking notes today at the South Campus, to rejection by recognizing God's presence. People can walk out of your life, but God has not walked out of your life. People can abuse you, but God has not abused you. People can leave you hanging, God will never leave you hanging. I might even disappoint you, but God will never disappoint you. When I experience rejection from man, I can remember that I have the closeness of God. As a matter of fact, God's, God promises it to Joshua when he was handed uh, the reins over Israel. Just a few books down the, down the, the Bible, it says this. It says in Joshua 1.5, no one will be able to stand against you all of the days of your life. Come on, somebody. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. We serve a God who keeps his promises. We don't have people in our life. They might not all keep their promises. But the God we serve keeps his promises. And if he said it, you can believe it. And if he told you to get there, he will see you all the way through. See, we are in a loneliness epidemic and we have made it our, our goal to almost remain too isolated. Did you know that? You can work remote. You can order Instacart. You can order DoorDash. You can watch Netflix. You can, there's buttons, Amazon Prime buttons. I mean, the Amazon man is at my house more than me. <laughs> this is not a joke, and this is not part of my sermon. The, the truck was there this morning. <laughs> I was like, dude, this guy, he's working before I am, before our first service. You can actually live a life where you don't have to interact with people, and that isolation actually is detrimental to your life. And the same is true with your distance from God. If you don't get close to God, in your, especially in your time of pain, here's the problem. Many of us in our time of pain, we don't go towards God. We run from God. Many of us in our time of hurting, and, and we say, I got to take a step back from church. Right. Yeah. That's the wrong direction, my friends. <laughs> right. 
Uh, stop reading the horoscopes when you're going through a hard time. Stop seeing the tarot card reader. Wait, stop doing the Facebook quiz. But what you don't want to do is distance yourself from the presence of God. And I have discovered that the more pain I am experiencing, the closer God is to me. And I have, I have biblical proof. It says in the, the psalmist says this, the Lord is close to who? The brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Thank God that when my heart is broken, he comes close. As a matter of fact, put that verse back up on the screen at all of our locations, and let's read it out loud to affirm it in our lives. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Man, I don't know what kind of trouble you came in here with today, but God's presence is near. I wrote this down. When people reject me, I will remember that God accepted me. When people reject me, I will remember that God has accepted me. People are ruthless at rejection. They will cancel you in a second. They will stab you in the back and smile at your face. But God is not a God that he should lie. And he said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. Genesis 39 verse 3 as we continue on. Uh, When his master saw that the Lord was with him. So people will notice the favor of God on your life by the way. They'll be attracted to the anointing that is on your life. They'll be drawn to the favor that is on your life. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Now, he's still under slave status, rejected by his brothers, but the Lord is still giving him success. And Joseph found favor in, the eyes and beca- in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his entire household, and he entrusted to care his care over everything he owned. I love this because most of us would be sulking in our slavery. Most of us would be writing hate mail to our brothers and our father. Most of us would be trying to prove ourselves uh, in, in the worst kind of way by looking at our past. But I love that Joseph responds to rejection by moving forward. We must respond to rejection by moving forward. I've come to preach to somebody today who has been divorced for two decades and you still complain about it. Time to move forward. It's time to move forward. I I, I came to preach to somebody who got laid off three years ago. It's time to move forward. Sometimes I got to pastor you to your purpose and your purpose is not to remain rejected and defeated and deflated. Your purpose is to remain in the perfect, pleasing and good will of God. And he has not left you. So stop just sulking in your sorrows. If anyone had an excuse to complain, it was Joseph. If anyone had, a, had, had the mindset to say, well, this doesn't even look like the dream God gave me. This doesn't even line up with the things that I had dreamt about. Yet he still made good work of his season in the palace. Some of you got to get to work. Some of you haven't worked in a long time. You've just been sitting there. And I I know that it hurt. I'm not denying the pain of the rejection. I'm not denying the pain of the divorce. I'm not denying the pain of being laid off. But you can't be in the unemployment line for the rest of your life. It's time to make a decision to move forward. 
He's like, if I'm going to be a slave, I'm going to just thrive in it. If I'm going to be an attendant to Potiphar, I'm going to thrive in it. If I got the favor of God on my life and I've had dreams as a child, I'm going to thrive in it. I'm going to step into it. Here, here's the deal. Many of you, you can't move forward because you're so concerned about your past. Joseph could have just sat there and said, oh, Jesus, my brothers hated me. My dad hated me. They sold me for nothing. Uh, uh, uh. Instead, he's like, what can I do? What can I do in this season to execute on the purpose of God for my life? I know that you're not in the job you love, but at least do it to the, be to the glory of God, to the best of your abilities. I know that you're not in the ideal season in your relationship, but you can at least make an effort. Hmm. I wrote this in my notes. Don't let the bad seasons of a past, don't let the bad of a past season create bitterness in your current season. So you got a decision to make. You can get better or you can get bitter. You can get better or you can stay bitter. And at this church, we will not allow you to remain bitter. We will allow you to heal and recover. I'm not saying that you shouldn't recognize pain. What I'm telling you is there will come a point where God wants to use you for a greater purpose. But if you remain bitter, he can't make it better. That's why I love groups. Groups allow us to watch you heal and for you to look forward in your discipleship journey. It says in James 5.16, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in complaining prayers. Oh, Lord. Come quickly. This world is going to hell. Lord, you know she's awful. Lord, please help me. It's like no, I want the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Bring me the powerful prayers. Bring me the effective prayers. I, look, I lift my eyes to the hills, the psalmist says. Where does my help come from? I look forward. I don't look back. You got to deal with it. But once you deal with it, you got to move forward. Because if you don't deal with it, here's what if you don't deal with it. If you don't deal with the trauma of your past, your friends, family, and children have to deal with it in their future. Your complaining becomes a generational curse if you don't get over it. Your mindset becomes a generational curse if you don't get over it. Well, that's just how my daddy was. That's just how my mama was. You better get a mindset shift in your life that will allow you to see God's purposes for your life for its future. It's the fall in my house, and that means that we watch Gilmore Girls. And by we, I have nothing to do with that satanic practice whatsoever. <laughs> but all the ladies in the house, they go buy pumpkin spice lattes, put their flannels on, and they put pumpkins on the front steps, and they get all cozy, and they watch, they binge watch Gilmore Girls. I guess it's like, you know, part of it. You know, I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is that yesterday an argument ensued about whose turn it was to watch the TV because I wanted to watch football. And I don't know about you, but I lead my home with authority as long as my wife says it's okay. And they've been in the binge watching thing on, on Netflix and I was waiting for one episode to end because I figured I, I wouldn't make them quit in the middle of an episode, right? That's, that's an evil father practice. 
but I was listening. I don't even watch it. I don't even care. But I was listening for like the music at the end so that then I knew that was my time. Okay, you've watched 37,000 episodes. It's my turn. You know, you, they can quote it because they watch it every fall. And so I was like, okay, it's my turn to watch football. And, and while, while, when the episode ended on the screen on Netflix, there were two buttons. And it's like a timer. I don't know if you've seen this before, but it says, it says uh, next episode, and it's like starting to, I know I have a window, right? But there's another button that says watch the credits, right? You can watch the credits or you can click next episode. And I'm trying to watch my football game. And so I see them grab the remote and they press next episode. I saw them. I saw them do it. They were clicking on next episode. And, and, and what happens if they click on the, the previous button? It goes back and you get to watch the credits from the previous episode. Here's the deal about some of you. Some of you have gone through so much in your life but you are re-watching the credits of what has already happened. And God has sent me today on assignment to tell you it is not time to watch the credits of who hurt you, the credits of who abused you, the credits of who left you. But instead, it's time to click next episode. His best days are not behind you. They are in front of you. He has not called you to mediocrity. He has called you to prosperity. Don't live your life watching the credits credits step into the next episode that God has for your life it will be better than ever his favor is upon you stop reliving in the past too many people watching the credits man too many people watching the credits who I preaching now Genesis 39 20 says Joseph master took him and he put him in prison we'll get to what happens there in a future week but uh, he was accused for something he did not do, wrongfully imprisoned. Sounds a little bit like Jesus. Uh, the, and then the place that they were, th there were the king's prisoners were confined. Understand this. He was working for Potiphar, not for Pharaoh. Potiphar is not Pharaoh. Pharaoh's at the top. Potiphar's in charge of one of the armies, okay? But he gets put into prison with other guys who work for the guy at the top, a cupbearer and a baker. And it says, look at this, look at this. King's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, I love verse 21. Come on, somebody. <laughs> while he was there in prison, the Lord was with him. Yeah. You can't outrun God. You can't have a record long enough. You can't have, uh, you can't go anywhere that God will not be with you. Some of you have suffered great loss and great rejection, but I want to let you know God is still with you. So we have to do this even when we're in prison. Number three, point number three, respond to rejection by trusting God's redirection. Why are you sending me into prison? He's sending you to prison because little did you know you were going to be actually interacting with someone that can get you to Pharaoh. You thought you were in charge of Potiphar's house. <laughs> but God's going to elevate you to Pharaoh's house. Whew. That's why you have to treat Potiphar's house with such excellence because you're preparing for Pharaoh's house. That's why you need to show up on time to your job because you don't know one day when you'll be the boss and you'll want your employees to show up on time. Ooh, Pastor Mike is preaching now. See, 
We need to see our setbacks as setups for what God wants to do through our lives. Why am I in prison? Because I need to put you near the cupbearer. I need to put you near the baker who worked directly for Pharaoh so that I can give you access to the next level, the next dimension, so that ultimately your dream can come true. His dream does not come true in Potiphar's house. His dream comes true when he leads for Pharaoh. <laughs> That's why, you know, you, you, this, these haters going to hate. <laughs> but they don't understand that when you put me in prison, I'm going to be used by God. The hate, haters going to hate. But what they don't realize is it fires me up all the more. I live sometimes in the comment section of some of my controversial posts. But I don't comment back. I just double down, baby. I don't get in arguments with people. I just, it fuels me up. I must have hit a nerve. I'm grateful that, that I got haters because they caused me to think through how I can preach more boldly. If everyone loved me at this church, I wouldn't be doing my job. If I always said the things you wanted to hear, I, I, I would not be doing my job. But when, when I got some friction, when I got some resistance, when there's some haters in my life, what it causes me to do is it causes me to see God's purposes and God's plans. If you put me in prison, I'll still preach the gospel. Make it illegal and watch what happens. See, as a follower of Jesus, even haters help make my purpose happen. Tony, the owner of my barbershop, is here today. Put another barbershop next to Tony. You know what that'll do? That'll make him want to cut more hair. You know what I'm saying? Don't put one there, but you know what I'm saying. If you did, if you hated on Tony, Tony's the kind of guy that you can't stop him because he got purposes and plans. I walk in there, there's worship music playing at the barbershop. Packed. Everybody's getting lined up and faded up. Tony's out there like, I'm going to start a Bible study in this thing. Like, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Why? Because he's not going to let anyone stop him from the purposes and plans that are on his life. And haters are actually going to help him go to the next level. See, some of you, you think that the people in your life that have rejected you, <laughs> rejected you and you can no longer succeed. You needed their rejection to get you off your lazy behind to actually step into more. You needed him to break up with you. Because he was going to keep you down. You needed them to fire you because you were being lazy in the office. You, you, you needed it to happen because when it happened, it caused you to continue to press towards the purposes of God. I, I was doing some research and I found these birds. They're flightless birds from New Zealand. Flightless birds. Flightless birds from New Zealand. You say, what's a flightless bird? It's a bird that doesn't fly. Just making sure everybody has a fair seat at the table. And the reason there are flightless birds in New Zealand is because there are no predators in New Zealand. There are no snakes that come to eat these birds. There are no coyotes that come to eat these birds. They never get pushed to fly because they never have to leave the ground. Some of you are living a flightless life. Some of you are so stuck to the ground level of what God wants you to do 
And what God is sending in your life is some rejection to stir your wings up so that you can get to the air to the next level of what God has for you. Some of you need to know that what, ah, what the enemy is trying to do in your life is simply stirring it up so that you could take flight. I'm preaching today. I'm preaching today. All right, let's close with this. The keyboard player can come at all of our locations. Look what happens. Look what happens. Uh, a lot happens in between this, but for the sake of time, we'll jump to Genesis 50. Uh, Joseph, they're going through a famine, and Joseph's brothers show up to get some meat, something to eat from Joseph. Joseph has now been promoted to managing all the food in all the land. <laughs> and guess who's hungry? His brothers. <laughs> That's how I feel. But watch how Joseph's response. Uh, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and, and pays us back? What if he pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? And his brothers came, verse 18, and they threw themselves down before him, before their brother. They bowed down before his brother. And look what they said to their own brother, the one that they sold into slavery. We are your slaves. Now, I don't know how you would respond, but your boy would be having a, you know it. I'd be like, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are my slave. I told y'all I was dreaming. I told y'all. Why y'all be hating on my dream? Yeah, you better bow down. You know, if I'm Joseph, you know what I'm doing? I'm telling my, my people, I'm saying, hey, you feed everybody but them. Come on now, you wouldn't thought about that? I mean, this guy has been thrown into a pit, sold into slavery. And now the same people that did that to him come bow before him. And they, they claim we are your slaves. I'd be like, yes, you are. Some of you be doing a dance. You'd be like, yeah, you are my slave. That's how we would do it. But that's not how the Bible says to do it. And we're not here to learn how we would do it. We're here to suppress what we would do and elevate what the Bible says to do. And Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Look at this, verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. What's the purpose of my pain? What's the purpose of my prison? What's the purpose of the pit to save many lives? Look at this next verse. So then, don't be afraid. To his own brothers, I will provide for you and your children. <laughs> Which leads me to my fourth response to rejection. You have to choose forgiveness instead of a fight. You got to choose to forgive. Nobody wants to hear this today. Don't shut me off just yet. <laughs> there are people in your life who have rejected you, and if they humbled themselves enough to come to apologize to you, you'd say, yeah, you should apologize. It's not what Joseph says. He says, come back. Everything you did to me, everything you did to me, I see why. I can see it now. My dream at the age of 14, and now... I can see it now. I see it now. I couldn't see it then. 
It was painful when you threw me into the pit. It was painful when you sold me off. It was painful when I got thrown into prison. It was painful, but now I can see the purpose. And now that I'm mature enough to see the purpose, I will not let you go hungry or your children go hungry. There are people in your life you need to forgive today. And, And Jesus teaches about forgiveness. If you went to Sunday school growing up like I did, you've heard this already. Peter comes to him and he says, Lord, how often? (laughs) Such a fleshly question. All right, I'll I'll, I'll forgive. How many times? My brother shall sin against me and and forgive them. Up to seven times? (laughs) Look at the next verse, verse 22. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but 70 times seven. I'm not a mathematician. I have to use a calculator to count my kids. (laughs) But last time I checked, 70 times 7 is 490. I give you permission to count, if you can count that high. And on the 491st time, you can say, well, I don't forgive you anymore. If you're going to get that legalistic. But what Jesus is trying to tell him here is, it's way, way more forgiveness than your mind can conceive. Way more forgiveness than you can even understand. Why? Because that's what Jesus did for us. How much did he forgive you of? I know I was dead in my sins. I was on the highway straight to hell. I was lost. I was blind. I was broken. And he forgave me. The Bible says that while he was on the cross, people were gambling for his clothes and stripping him of everything he had. And he says this, Luke Luke 23, 34 says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes and casting lots. Here's what I've learned about forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't you letting them off the hook. Forgiveness is you getting the hook out of your heart so that you can be free. Forgiveness is not about letting someone off the hook. It's about removing the hook of bitterness from your own heart. It's been said before that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick. Forgive today. I know your father hurt you. I know they disappointed you. I know they walked out on you on the worst possible time. I know they left you on red. I know that they didn't answer. I know they never called you back. I know that they fired you. I know that she left you. I know that you have many costs associated to the abandonment that happened in your past. But if you hang on to that receipt and you don't forgive, you will live in perpetual regret, perpetual rejection. There's forgiveness for you today. The first way to encounter that forgiveness is experiencing the love of God through his son, Jesus, through what we call salvation. So at all of our locations, would you bow your heads? In just a moment, I'm going to count to three. If you need Jesus in your life, today is your day. If you have the rejection, isolation, lonely, depressed, you feel like there's nothing in your life going for you, and you don't have proximity that I talked about today, it's time for you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's time. Today is your day. You don't have to live this life by yourself. You can receive the love of God through His Son, Jesus, through the greatest gift ever given, which was eternal life. Everybody lives forever somewhere, and I'd love for you to join me in heaven. Everyone lives forever somewhere. I'd love for you to join me in heaven. 
If you feel rejected, lost, far from God, today is your day of salvation. I'm going to ask you to do one simple thing. I'm going to count to three in just a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed. And I'm going to ask that you would just, in just a moment, you raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just acknowledges God's lordship over this moment. And you're deciding, I'm no longer going to live on my own. I'm going to live with the help of my Savior, Jesus Christ. If you are ready to surrender your life to Jesus today, I'm going to count to three. Our experienced hosts are getting ready. And when I say three, you are going to raise your hand boldly so that I can see it. One. You say, Pastor Mike, this message was for me. I'm far from God. I need him in my life. Two. If that's you today. You want to receive the gift of eternal life. You know you need Jesus today. You are ready to be saved. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up in the air right now. This is your moment right here, right now. Shoot it up high enough so that I can see it. Higher, higher. Keep it up. There's someone over here. Anybody else? Someone right there? Anybody else? Praise God. Keep your hand up until you get a little white card in your hand. If you have not received a card in your hand, keep your hand up high so that we can see it. Praise God. Praise God. At all of our locations, shoot your hand up in the air. You haven't missed your moment yet. There's still time. There's still time. Until Jesus comes back, there's still time. But today is some of y'all's days for salvation. Raise your hand if that's you today. You just received a white card in just a moment. We're going to pray. That white card is for you to fill out and take to our prayer team. Our prayer team would love to put a brand new Bible in your hand. On the back of that card, there's a QR code. I shot five little videos that will teach you your first five days of walking with Jesus. You have to make that decision for yourself, but you don't have to live this life by yourself. If you fill out that card and you take it to our prayer team, we would love to pray with you and help you on this journey. To commemorate this moment that you just made that decision, everyone at the sound of my voice is going to pray this prayer out loud together. Let's pray. Say, Father God, I give my life to you. You're a good God. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I repent and believe you are the Son of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's clap our hands for all those who just made that decision. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you to those who give generously to make this ministry possible. You can click the link in our description to give now or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, and hey, while you're at it, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Tag us at My Focus Church. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you.